podcast series is recorded on and features artists who create on Ghana and Ngunnawal country. We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of these lands and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. These lands have never been ceded. You're listening to A Tale of Two Cities, a three-part podcast series brought to you by Unqualified and Unafraid and Michelle Laundry. I'm Nat Zuko, a multidisciplinary artist, performance director and designer from Canberra. I'm Jess, a freelance video creator, podcaster and student magazine editor from Adelaide. Today, we're bringing together artists from two underrated creative scenes. Without further ado, let's uncover the truth about being a creative in Adelaide and Canberra. Holly, do you want to go first? Um, You can introduce yourself as a creative. I'm Holly. I'm a theatre director and an avid art history lover and just general um, theatre maker. I'm also working as a lawyer, so kind of interested in law and um, the creative world and, yeah. And Alice, how about you? Well, I'm sort of an emerging artist in more of like a painting, drawing kind of way. I paint more than anything, but I'm just sort of playing around with everything and figuring out what I do and don't like. But I focus a lot on sort of portraiture in more of a broader sense, like translating a personality and the whole sort of package into a painting rather than just sort of the physical aspects but that's the sort of direction I take try to be fun with it so Alice you don't actually live right in the city do you no I live sort of down south I live sort of Port Norlunga way and I was born in McLaren Vale so 20 years born and bred Holly how long have you lived in Canberra for I've been so my parents are out in a, on a farm in Yass so being Canberra based um you know, surrounds for most of my life, but I went to school in Sydney and then come back to to Canberra for uni and now um been living here for the past eight years. Going back to Alice regarding um Adelaide, what do you think the Adelaide creative scene's reputation is as a whole? I feel like Adelaide is super overlooked in a creative sense. I think when you think of creative in Australia you think like the big Sydney art schools and all the Melbourne art kids and all that side of stuff but I think no matter what you ha- always have those kids that take more of a creative direction regardless of how farming oriented or tradie oriented your family is you always get the odd ones out and we definitely have a big community within Adelaide which you can see like large bodies emerging more so now I think targeting younger audiences I think up until recently it's been very sort of like older creative focus you have like the South Australian gallery and car clue just sort of merging like already like established artists I don't think for a long time there's been much exposure for younger creatives but I think it's definitely working towards that way. Holly what do you think the Canberra creative scene's reputation is like? I think Canberra gets pretty unfairly tarnished in terms of creative opportunities everyone is generally kind of itching to go you know to your Sydney's and your Melbourne's to do more creative stuff but yeah, it's quite a quirky, I've always found Canberra quite interesting because, yeah, we have all of these major institutions like the National Portrait Gallery, the National Gallery, the museum, um, and then almost a big gulf and then a grassroots 
movement. So yeah, it's it's always kind of perplexed me why there isn't more of that frenetic energy in the the Canberra um, creative scene. But I think it's slowly kind of building, and you you do have a lot of entry level opportunity as a creative in Canberra. It's just keeping the m- momentum is something that I would would say is you know giving Canberra a bit of a bit of a bad reputation. <laughs> Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that. Um, and Alice, yeah. <laughs> um, Alice, do you know anything much about uh, Canberra's creative art scene? No, I'm very much the same. It's sort of the other side of Australia. Never been there, but I guess, like, when you think of the creative cities in Australia, I think automatically I would think of Canberra as one of the least. Like, I know obviously that there are creatives in every city, but when I think of camera, I don't creativity isn't the first thing I think about. Or <laughs> politician, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. government ruining our kind of yeah. creative aspirations. But yeah, no, it's it's quite interesting how that's the case with camera. Not a question that we prepared, but something that I've been wondering about um, regarding Canberra is whether like a lot of politicians like whether the art is kind of influenced a lot by the politics and stuff like that, like whether like individual politicians would fund like something to help them with their campaigns or stuff like that. Is there much like crossover? Mm, well, I, I always thought that like you'd hope so and like that there could this be this engine room of that crossover. But I, I sometimes think with the massive um, kind of government presence everyone's a little safe so in terms of doing really like quirky or um different kind of work the appetite I think sometimes isn't necessarily there you know for example Hyper Real a few years at the NGA got hardly anyone for its um summer exhibition that Cartier will get you know lines out the door for months and months and months so it's it's yeah almost that of older safer audience interesting um and what would you say the strengths of the canberra creative scene are i'd say definitely in terms of emerging opportunities there's like great mentorship a lot of government funding which is really cool and yeah you do have if you want to do something in canberra you can do it it's not necessarily like there's hundreds of other people knocking on the door or taking that opportunity if you want to put a show on or do anything you can do it it's just um then yeah so that in a way is amazing for a city that would um support young creatives do that and then it the market to not be so saturated that you can't get your foot in the door somewhere I don't know if you feel the same, Natsuko, or if that's your that's in your kind of experience. Yeah, I was thinking like, hey, Holly and I have the same like sort of um, experience with that <laughs> for sure. I think there are actually so many opportunities for creatives in Canberra. I think you just sometimes have to look around, but um, there is definitely a better chance of younger people getting uh, opportunities because there aren't as many people compared to like Melbourne and Sydney who apply. So you definitely get a lot of experience um, and the chance to start developing your creative practice, which might be harder in other bigger cities. 
So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's what I feel like. You can cr- start making a creative portfolio, mm. which I don't necessarily think, um, especially for theatre, which is quite hard to do elsewhere. Yeah, and how about you, Alice? Are the, what are the strengths of the Adelaide creative scene? I think Adelaide's very similar in the sense that we're big enough to have all those bodies and the whole environment to provide you with everything you would need, like regardless of your creative field. But it's not so big that you have these big like social hierarchies. It's more of like a community sort of thing. There's no one that really wants to trot on other creatives to get up in their own work. It's all very community-based. Everyone wants to support each other, and I think we're really lucky in that. And we are also a lot more spread out, I think, than a lot of other cities. They're very dense. So we have a lot of people down south. Like for me, it would take me an hour to get into the city. So we have a lot of galleries that are down south, which support a range of young artists that want a serious career in the arts or people that are playing around and just want to get their paintings out there or retired people that are wanting to change their career path and things like that. We have a lot of support. But, again, it's just you just have to look around. So could you please describe, like, what the visual or painting um, community specifically is like in South Australia? I think it's probably one of the more predominant focuses in the creative sense. I mean, I think between music and visual arts would probably be the top two, I'd say. But for painting, like, down south we have the Fleury Art House, which is very painting based but I think there's sort of a weird split in the middle where we have people that are doing the more sort of contemporary modern art direction or the more just sort of hobby art I guess is the way to say and it's kind of tricky at the moment especially with social media everyone's getting a better sort of visual language like even if you're not involved in the arts it can be tricky to determine where you lie in between that, especially as an emerging artist. But I think in Adelaide, it's just, it's all context-based. You just have to exhibit with the right kind of people and be picky where you do exhibit and how you sell and who you sell to. It's all all the, the sort of details in like branding yourself and marketing yourself, I think, is the trickiest part. Whereas up until like before the internet, all artists really had to do was paint, give it to your gallery and then they do everything else for you. But at the moment, it's really, you have to brand yourself like a business. You really have to push your work. You have to decide who your target audience is, create a market for yourself. Like it's a lot more involved than it used to be. But especially going through uni, they really hold your hand and help you take you in the direction that you want to go. You just really have to figure that stuff out for yourself. But yeah, it's just... You have to, I think, contacts are probably the most important, I'd say, like just making friends with somewhat more established artists than yourself in painting that you can exhibit with because uh, generally it's quite inclusive. You have your, your bigger headliners and some smaller artists that are connected, I guess, but it's tricky, <laughs> but it's it's fun and it's easy in a, in a way if you're smart about it. So have you like have you had any difficulties with kind of differentiating yourself from being a hobby artist to 
try and like make people kind of take you seriously I guess yeah definitely so when my my dad's an artist as well and he's also a portrait painter in a more traditional sense so he taught me to paint from when I was about 12 years old and got me entering like the Victor Harbour art show and the Gula Rotary art show which is a big mix of different types of artists and especially being so young it's really hard to be taken seriously um but it it's a big mix of established local artists and people that are painting for the first time and hobby artists but because you're all exhibited next to each other without the sort of separation between who's more of a serious artist like it's it's good in a way because there's no context to your painting it's just whoever likes it likes and who doesn't doesn't but yeah it's definitely really hard to be considered like a contemporary artist particularly being so young over to holly talking about the like the theater directing kind of community is there a theater directing community in canberra firstly because it seems like such a like a unique niche (laughs) not that niche i think there is it's just um you know theater is such a unique medium in the sense that you need so many people and collaborators to make it happen it's not just you know me directing with actors a space um set audience and that's one of the reasons i love it is it really brings together a whole like a whole confluence of mediums to one but in terms of um getting space and experience to do that is quite difficult to to build a directing portfolio because you need all those things so you know uni is good because you can do plays through the theater society and stuff and i've been um, fortunate to get a bit more mentoring through um through canberra youth theater and the the residency that natsuko and i are both doing but um you know i think there's a weird gap particularly for me as a director because I'm very interested in Australian contemporary and narrative plays generally. So unless you're devising, it's quite hard to get that to get that um, experience doing it. So my next kind of goal would be more to assistant direct people that do that or kind of dip my toe in more um, devising work. But, yeah, it's not just a medium, you know, you can do from home by yourself or all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, which is which is why it's great, but also why it's hard to, to um, kind of get experience doing it. But in terms of community, I think um, there, yeah, there's really great mentoring and there's, you know, I think Canberra genuinely does try to, they realise that there's a gap in that 18 to 25 or maybe even 35 of getting um, emerging artists pre-professional slash professional um, experience and just being brave enough for people to have a space to do work that might not necessarily be amazing work, but you need to make a whole bunch of kind of average shows or, you know, what were great at that time to develop that craft. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I've definitely found it really hard to find that opportunities to direct it incorporates so many different elements of different mediums or other people's skills 
um and sometimes hard to have all those resources and it costs a lot of money right like i'd love to put on a play but if i want to put on a quality play that's um like a lot of if i'm self-financing then that's incredibly difficult and i think it's just difficult like you know you can get a lot of creative development and experience but then the opportunity to do that next kind of level of putting on a show without necessarily worrying that it's your whole life savings and you owe a million people all these favours, <laughs> I think is the, the hard thing and I hope there is more of an appetite to giving people directing experience without it being um, so onerous to kind of dip your toe in it or yeah. start developing and see if you like it. Yeah, and I think it might be quite difficult to dip your toe into directing as well because you need so many different skills you need to know a lot um about other mediums and um some technical things as well and sometimes maybe people are intimidated by directing because you need to do all those things um and then you have to ask for help sometimes and think sometimes that can be hard for people um and i I definitely agree with that because i think with directing you need to be able to speak a certain amount of language in terms of how lighting work how space works and unless you've got friends that can start giving you that language in, and if you haven't been formally trained to to have that kind of um language understanding then that is that's quite quite tricky so yeah <laughs> I'd be interested to know if there is something that Canberra could put in place that could be really beneficial to the creative directing community if there is one in Canberra. <laughs> yeah, well, I think there's some exciting things happening in terms of um, like theatres letting people AD and giving people space and um, Arts ACT giving people funding to do things. So in terms of support, I think it's there. It's just... Um, the right kind of timing and, and knowledge and Canberra is a big country town so once you know enough people you know pros and cons to to it being a big country town everyone knows each other but you know can be kind of clicky in a sense but once you do um, establish those relationships I think people are genuinely interested in supporting your development as a young person and as an emerging creative Alice, is there something that you think Adelaide could put into place that would help with, well, that would help, like, with your experience as an artist? Well, something that I've been seeing more of, which I find really interesting in the way of getting, like, younger people more involved in the art scene in Adelaide is these sort of weird multifunctional kind of cafes slash bars slash hairdressers that are also like an art space like these like they bring them in like it's almost like a it's a very social thing but like we have um what's it called it's called Summerton Studio which opened as a cafe that does sort of like like the coffee table books and then they also have a hairdresser there and then they started doing like Friday night wine things and it's all like very Instagrammable but they've I realized recently that they have a gallery space and it's probably the first time that I've seen young people that I know going to gallery openings and buying like actual pieces of art. And I think just 
it's a really interesting concept, but I think it's something that would really work to, to bring people into like normalizing just going to an art gallery and hanging out. I think the gallery that we have in South Australia, like our main art gallery, it's very traditional and it's more of a museum. It's not really like a, it doesn't have that social aspect. And I suppose if you were living in the city, there'd be a lot more smaller galleries that would have like regular monthly gallery openings for different artists. But down south, I don't think we really have that. And I think those multifunctional spaces would be a really great way to get the non-immediate CBD city kids used to seeing art on the walls and developing that visual language that we've started the the conversation about on social media by like evolving that and understanding how to support local artists without just liking their Instagram posts. We it's very hard to shift out of being just like a content creator. And I do understand that a lot of these people, like in your early twenties, you can't just spend six hundred bucks on a painting. But there are so many different ways that you can support artists without just liking their free content online. So I think like those sort of spaces that are even if they're more collaborative like they do getting artists or jewelers or ceramic artists to do sort of like smaller workshops that are more laid back and not like formal art classes I think are really great as well but yeah there's just so many different things that you could do but I think just exposure is the most important thing just getting people used to consuming art rather than just flicking past it on Instagram, I think is anything like that. That's great, which I'm sure is the same for Canberra. Yeah, I was just about to say I completely agree. Like I think that hybrid space where, you know, it's you create that dialogue happening. Like I've always just yeah. wished in Canberra that you could go to the theatre and see a comedy show during the week night and then like people's um art was on the wall or they use it as another space you know for a dance class or whatever that that that's a not a good example but like <laughs> that that like idea of which it's like that there's less of this like hype up oh I've got to buy tickets to see this play and it's um two hundred dollars and it's you know yeah. not accessible when it just becomes more like oh this is on that's cool I went to that, you know, and and it's yeah. that exposure that's not just like once a month it happens or once every three or four months it can happen more regularly. Yeah, I agree. It's sort of like building up almost like a nightlife within a creative context in a weird way. Without it being like paint and pinoir or, you know, without it being yeah. just <laughs> yeah. like really trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love what you said about Instagram and how like, artists are just kind of like you get the support but you get the support in like likes but yeah it actually mean anything for your career yeah that from my friends as well like they love my paintings and they're all very like morally supportive but the second I'm like oh does it like I've got my paintings up here does anyone want to buy them they're like no <laughs> yeah with the kind of expectation that you if you post something online like some people have kind of said to me like oh um are you still making youtube videos or something and it's like you know i actually get paid like outside of social media i get paid to make videos it's kind of like yeah. just think that you're 
doing it for fun and it's that whole thing of like being differentiated from like a hobby or a career I guess yeah it's such a shame I think it goes for like all creative fields I I was lucky enough to like travel quite a bit around Europe and I found it so funny like because I travel with my dad like in Australia if someone asks you like what you want to study and you tell them you want to study art or theater or music they'd be like what are you going to do for money like almost as if like that's like a horrible thing for you to go through but if you tell that someone that in any other country they're like that's so interesting like it's a cultural thing or is I don't know I feel like we're so overlooked in Australia and we're only just sort of being realized to have economic potential and it's a great way to like we don't really have like a huge Australian culture beyond sausage rolls and you know bunning snags like we don't have we've ruined to an extent the indigenous culture and to have art as a relationship with that to sort of try and reconcile and find peace like there's just so much potential and beyond just making money for the country and we just it's still just like oh my god I'm so sorry that you're a creative (laughs) and they yeah they just don't want to support you I really found that because I did an exchange um, in Scotland at the art college there in Dundee and it was the first time I'd been around people that were like, oh, I'm a painter and blah, and nobody said that exact thing, like, oh, what, what do you, what's your real job? It was just, like, so refreshing that I was like, oh, you can do a thing and it not be caveated by this, like, lack of understanding or even appetite to think that you yeah. could make a and my, I, I recently had a friend um that oh well she graduated a while ago but I, this story always sticks in my mind she was accepted to NIDA and she found it so interesting that her kind of closest friend said of course you did you know you're very talented but the kind of other broader friends are like oh that's amazing like that's unbelievable like blah 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 and she's like no I'm good at what I do and like it's not this <laughs> just lotto fluke that I've won like I've worked really hard for this yeah that just unlocked the whole realization for me because I feel like people do kind of act so surprised and it's like what do you think I've been working on like <laughs> like before you come life like <laughs> yeah people don't feel like recognize the creative like creativity into you into some like traditional institution recognizes you first yeah like. mm-hmm. yeah yeah and, and I think that's the it's kind of disheartening because well you know we're working to change it but that attitude of like you you don't just exist in these silos that you're doing things and if you're a creative um you can also be commercially minded and without um yeah, and it be taken seriously and understood. Does your environment or location inspire or influence your art, Alice? Do you want to start? Mm, to an extent. I mean, because it's portrait focused in like an abstract sense, like immediately painting someone, you, it is a largely about context, I guess. Like I recently did a portrait of my grandfather and you take into he was like a broken hill boy and he was a cattle monger from like a really young age. So I sort of his past and his context influences how I paint them and perceive them, I suppose. But the immediate 
influence of Adelaide, I'd probably say actually not all that much. I'd like to explore it a bit more in a social sense. I've been playing around with a few series ideas about portraits of youth culture around Adelaide, but there's nothing particularly inspiring for me about like the city sense. I'm much more attached to the natural landscape down south. I have a lot of olive and gum tree symbols in a lot of my paintings, which are just things that I associate with my local area, I guess. Adelaide's not hugely a city that overrides the people. I think the people that are in it are probably arguably the most interesting thing about it. (laughs) Like, would you ever leave living down south or do you kind of have an appreciation for growing up down south and, like, how do you fit? What's your relationship with it like? Very mixed feelings about that. I grew up for so long thinking that absolutely nothing worse than people growing up in one area, going to school in the same area, being a teacher, teaching at the same school, having kids and going mm. to the same school. Like I could not think of anything worse. And my whole family's always been big travelers. I'm really lucky to have gone to almost all over Europe. I did back, like I backpacked around there in 2019. And once I got home, I was already with my portfolio to apply to all the Melbourne art schools. And with COVID, that was probably the main reason that I didn't. And I was just itching to study and started studying in Adelaide with the idea that I'd eventually transfer into Melbourne. But I've really fallen in love with it down south. I think we're so spoiled and I'm really emotionally attached to the beaches and the nature that we do have around us. And there's a big sense of community that I really miss being away from home. But, like, I love to play around and live in different areas of Australia or, you know, I always wanted to study overseas as well. I think that'd be really fun. But I don't know, there's, I think it's some, something homely about where you grew up and having that kind of communal surroundings that you've always had do you feel that you found your art community through uni or is your art community more um down south where you live I think I'm definitely still finding it I've a lot of my like creative friends that I've made recently assume that I've had a head start like down south having a parent who's already an artist, like they assume that I already have like all these like gallery connections and intimate relationships with artists, which I don't at all. But, you know, like my my framer is probably the closest creative relationship I have down south and he's just retired. So I I have a lot of friends that are photographers and in bands and stuff, but I don't have many that are more like visually focused like my art is. And I'm definitely still finding it, but it's out there. Yeah, it's definitely interesting to hear about that kind of stuff because, like, I'm originally from Kangaroo Island, but, like, then I kind of, well, I'm in Yankalilla now and, like, I've kind of been down south. But it's interesting to hear because I do feel like down south there's, like, a separate kind of creative community. Yeah, and I think the young creatives are very clicky too. Yeah, yeah. What's your, like, (laughs) elaborate on that? Well, there's 
a particular few people that come to mind that were in my year level in either my school or like local schools that I didn't really have much to do with in school. I've never been the type of person, but I've always just like been a floater. I'm just friends with whoever I'm friends with. I'm not fussy. I like, I people don't want to talk to me. Like I don't care. And they've never really shown an interest in me. And they've sort of, they're very social hierarchy focused. And I've found that my friends that aren't creative have never had anything to do with them, but they still, they try to maintain me as like a contact, which I find really strange considering that like they're they're like the cool kids or like some of them are really nice and I get along with them really well. And other ones that like, I just like, I don't care about, making contacts which I probably should as a creative but I don't care about making contacts for the sake of like a career like if I want to be collaborating with someone I want to get along with them and I want to agree with their art and their message I don't like care about the rest of like kind of bullshit about that but there's definitely in the younger what we do have it's very um selective (laughs) Yeah, like, I found that it was awesome because there are so many creative young people down south that are doing their thing. But at the same time, I don't know whether it's because both of us came of age in in that area that we felt that there is definitely a hierarchy. I felt like there was definitely, like, certain people I had to impress in order to become, like, a creative, like, in all the young people's lives. (laughs) Yeah, in my year level, I was always known as, like, the like the arty kid I guess without it like without without getting up a lot on my high horse but there are a couple of boys that were really into photography and I remember at schoolies like they'd been in my photography class for like two or three years never said a word to me and in year 12 I got top of the class for photography and they were both so upset about it like their poor little egos and I remember having my first ever like proper conversation with them at schoolies when they were both half cut and they were just like you took you took my top of the class from me and I was like you're a man child <laughs> like it's just some of it I'm just like really but like most most creatives I'd say like 95% aren't dicks but there are some <laughs> yeah yep. that's a that's a good take so holly um does your environment or location inspire or influence your art i think um i'm probably quite similar to a few of the comments um alice have said like i grew up in country new south wales so i've always been kind of drawn to um like that really rural storytelling of like all sitting around a table telling a yarn and I'm definitely drawn to narrative storytelling because I've grown up in a in a family where you know my dad has a gift of gab probably half of it's not true but it's a good story and um but in terms of like actually being around creatives and that aspect of environment I would say um yeah it definitely impacts your um ability to do things and what what inspires you generally um yeah I'm trying to think of an example but I think Kat when we're just talking about kind of clickiness then I I find the reverse almost like the young creatives are quite inclusive and want to do a lot of things but generally I think there's a big 
age kind of gap in Canberra where you have people that have been there forever and it is a little bit more like, no, you have to earn your stripes. We care about young people, but we're not actually going to fully take you <laughs> seriously. Like in mm. that when the other people I've met and um, been lucky enough to become close friends with um, are super inclusive and very keen to opportunity share and that kind of thing. It's then the people that have access to helping you a bit, a little bit more like, no, you've got to do another creative development or do this or dangle the carrot a little bit. I don't know if you, you experienced that at all. That's okay, but that's my general, um, Canberra vibe. (laughs) Yeah. And do you ever find that when, um, especially kind of in the directing kind of scene, uh, I don't really know anyone probably apart from you that directs, um, theatre, um, because usually the people I meet are like twice the, twice the age. Do you ever find that as well? Yeah, I really find that. And I found it quite interesting, um, when I've sought experience or opportunities recently, um, that like, you're not ready yet, or you need this, or you need that. And I'm like, well, I actually want to, skill up like I'm I'm asking you to kind of skill share which yeah I I just find it a little bit weird I'm like you're saying you want you take young people seriously and you're saying you want the Canberra artistic community to prosper and stuff but then you're when it comes down to it you're subtly implying that um and I'm not I'm not denying that I don't need more skills and you know you can always improve but equally like the risk appetite is then there. So I'm like, wait a second, are you, are you yeah. actually serious? Are you going to give people a, a go? So yeah, yeah. but I, I genuinely think that is, that is changing, but, um, it feels very siloed camera. Like you have these people, that's their patch and that's their other patch, but it would be nicer for it to be, um, more of an attitude of you are collaborators. You can resource share. And you can say what you want to do without fear of someone taking your idea or not supporting you or knocking you back. You find it pretty hard then to kind of just get your foot in the door with the whole thing. Because I imagine you'd need a certain amount of experience before you start getting your first gigs. But then at the same time, I guess it'd be hard to get your first gigs without much experience. Yeah, exactly. And I think the residency was really good for that because it was that safety net experience to do it. But it is... I think there's a big gap to then put on um, like an independent work. Like there's not really an independent theatre in Canberra that would just give you a space to to do that. So that's another hurdle that you then have to go through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. there is a huge gap. Um, like how I got my foot in the door, I guess, is that I was super brave <laughs> and like directed my first work and I guess the – local festivals are really good because they kind of accept anyone um so I did that I did a 15 minute work for Art Not A Part which is it doesn't happen anymore but it was a local festival and um you get to meet these create uh curators um who are really knowledgeable and quite prominent in the field so that's how I got to meet people but apart from that there isn't really any like you said Holly like a independent kind of theater where you can just go and put on a show and it's super pricey you can't just you know yeah exactly yeah, do the thing yeah, yeah. there's so and much money involved 
think that's something that's really difficult about directing. Would you ever go out to see a play? Like, what's your relationship with theatre? I have a very minimal relationship with theatre these days. I was quite involved with the more performing arts side, probably more from the musical aspect, but we still studied it in high school. And we like went into the city and watched a few odd plays. And recently I watched a few um, performances at our most recent Fringe. Did you like I mean, them? I, 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 I did. They're all really interesting and I would go see them, but then it's the whole thing of, well, I have to go an hour into the city. I have to buy these tickets and then I the sit there for an hour or two and then get a train home. And it's also, I know, there's not that, the more casual side of it, I guess, is, would be really nice. But I know there's there's definitely that kind of activity in Adelaide. We have a lot of younger performers and the more like prestigious side of performance in Adelaide. But it's just more of a I think their audiences are very consistent. The people that see certain plays or performances see those regularly. There's I think it's very occasional to get just new audiences. Like it without the liveliness that the fringe brings in. There's not many people that would just go, oh, yeah, like, no, let's just go out and see what's on, you know. Mm. Even what with did band, change? <laughs> yeah. Even with bands, it's like the same audiences would go to the band that they're, like, yeah. kind of loyal yeah. to. Yes. It's hard to, like, grow past a certain point. I also think that Instagram thing that you were talking about early is quite interesting at the moment because a lot of people are now going to galleries or shows and stuff for that Instagrammable moment or that kind of big picture that looks awesome and how you kind of appease both audience like getting those people in that want that Instagram moment and teaching them something and also the people that are already um, creatively minded and interested in that medium it not being a superficial experience for them. So, yeah, I think there's an interesting dynamic at the moment where we make things accessible without maybe watering down the quality or, yeah, it without it seeing yeah, like a theme park and super contrived. Yeah, we kind of touched on like different kind of labour styles within the creative industries like at uni earlier this year and the amount of like free labour that is happily consumed like over and over is insane and especially in like the visual art world we are more often than not paid more with exposure and contact making than we are like financially like the amount of time and stubbornness that it takes sometimes just to get something out there like you pay for all your materials and so that's always considered into the price you have the gallery space taking up to like 60 70 percent of whatever sales are made you'll get opportunities with stupid timelines and and it's just it's just so yeah, I'm sick of exposure. I feel I'm sick of exposure being the commodity. It's like no value yeah. the skill and trade that I have, and also if we're not setting that precedent, then like what are we doing? We're just gonna lose a generation of really talented artists who can't, you know, afford for you know exposure to yeah, beat them. Like what's going? on? I don't on? think social media really helps either. People. Be- become so used to just getting things for free 
and like mm-hmm. you have to put a certain amount out there for people to like get the taste and want to buy your things like I'm sure as a director like you need to give people enough for them to understand what your work is how hard and well you work before people want to take on you like as a creative I agree with a lot of that <laughs> thinking about it Everyone I'm like starts oh. existential moment where you're yeah. like <laughs> yeah now I'm like I just want to go into that dark <laughs> right now. Uh, I just don't think about how like when clients or people message you and the tone of their message you can tell that they think that like they're doing you a favor oh my god yes <laughs> and it's just like you, like kiss like, my feet for me wanting asking for your talent that is yeah. really good and yeah, now yeah. me exploiting you but um you know, treating you like an abusive yeah. partner because you're lucky to have this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> There's always the people that make your job hard, the same people that are like, oh, but how do you make money off it? How are you going to survive off that? And you're like, oh. it's your fault. It's your fault we're like this. Yeah. Alice, you recently had your art um, exhibited in was it a cafe or a coffee shop have you been a part of like many other exhibitions or was this like that was the first time I reached out and put just a series of my work up with that wasn't alongside someone else like as I said before like I've been in like sort of local art shows semi-regularly but it's sort of only recently I think like I've been painting for a really long time so I've been building up that sort of technical skill but I think only up until recently I've found what my relationship is with my art I think that's the most important thing in like similar to developing your own style like it's very I use my art almost to sort of digest the world around me which is why I suppose that my portraits are taking so much different types of information but I think up until recently, yeah, I've only just sort of like really found my feet in where I like in relation to my work and know how to put that up together. But I'm looking at exhibiting alongside with my dad, like putting together an exhibition because I think it's very interesting the duality where when I first learned to paint was how he paints. I learned all of his techniques, how you approach a painting and how – to compose something and now I've sort of really like separated that and taken my own direction I think it'd be really interesting to put together an exhibition that's has those two compared to each other if that makes sense yeah that would be so cool um before you exhibit your work do you feel nervous like do you feel kind of do you get that kind of I'm trying to I'm trying to relate like the adrenaline rush we exhibit something as the adrenaline rush of the yeah, definitely. It was very exciting for sure, and there's, but there's always that little bit of like, oh my god, everyone's gonna hate it. It's awful. What am I doing? I should have, you know, I I should have studied the imposter syndrome. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Especially, I think also again, being so young and doing all these things for the first time, it's just difficult. Like trying to legitimize yourself, I guess. But it is very exciting. But I'm lucky that for whatever reason, every time I have a boss or a customer that tells me that I can't do a career in this, I just want to prove them more that I can. And I'm, I definitely have my head screwed on 
both in terms of being a creative and having my practice and having a really good relationship with that, but also understanding where I lie in relation to the world and understanding how my art is consumed by a variety of people. I think I've always been really good at that sort of like empathetic side of being creative. I have a question for Polly. Um, so I know that you studied law. So does that ever influence your art and how you create? Yeah, so I more and more have just been thinking about the skills that you get as a lawyer and how they like problem solving, ability, like attention to detail, all this approach um, can actually really benefit the creative world and develop my practice as a um, director and I the reason I chose to be a lawyer is I want to bring commercial skills to where I end up and I think um, that kind of lens is often seen as like a dirty kind of word in the creative field of like I want to bring you know commercial or um, that lens but I think that's something that's quite that's missing and there's a gap in that um, yeah, so kind of dream would be to help with corporate strategy or something at a gallery or at a theatre. So, yeah, I'm not too sure where I want to end up, but I know somehow the things that I'm doing will end up um, helping each other. And I, and I, um, when I first started being a lawyer, I was like, oh, have I given up on my dream? Am I not doing what I is like my authentic self, quote unquote? But now I more and more see how they actually help each other and how I think in the long run I'll really benefit from trying to do both at the same time. I love that. I think that there's such a need for more people who have that crossover between the commercial world and the creative world because once, like, creatives know how to, like, play the commercial world, I feel like we'll just rise up. (laughs) And there's so many skills. I'm like, I want to be able to do, oversee the contracts that I'm looking at or know that um, I practice in employment law at the moment. Like your, you know, what is an award rate that we have and all these things that I think would generally benefit people not taking advantage of you. And it shouldn't be so daunting. It's just different skill sharing that needs to actually happen and exactly that once those two worlds can coexist and the only get stronger i, I think it's funny yeah. you say that about the commercial side being kind of controversial because particularly in creatives like me that create like a physical product it's very taboo in making that a commodity because like obviously you have to sell it as a product and now we're sort of having to treat ourselves as individual creatives like a business. It's really difficult to not completely commodify that. And yeah, again, and also very, not be self 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 conscious of it. Like your your work yeah. is worth value, and that's not a dirty thing. It's like yeah. a like and and exactly what you said before. People expecting free work and stuff, and how you change that mindset of this isn't just a hobby for me. This is my work and my trade and that is worth a value and I can make a good income and living off it. Okay, to finish up this episode, we want to ask you to give a short pitch on why people should create in Adelaide and Canberra. Canberra is an awesome creative community because you can truly make it your own. 
there's so many opportunities to work with other collaborators or if you want to do something of your own, um, there's plenty of people and places that will really help and support creatives to do that. Adelaide just has such a nice creative environment and I love that it's expansive enough to continuously discover all kinds of different people and landscapes and other creative works while still being small enough to not feel insignificant or debilitatingly competitive. And it's a really nice nurturing community that we have with an energy to expand our artistic ecosystem and support all different kinds of artists. It's inspiring to see collaborations between such different creatives as well as to see how invested Adelaideans are in the hubbub that music and performance and visual culture cultivates, whether it's seeing your friends together at your local bar that has a small band playing every week or an independent surf store hosting a collaborative exhibition. I just feel so privileged to be a creative here and now at a time when my generation understands the significance of local identity and creative practices. It's really refreshing to not have any kind of box that I feel like I have to fit into as an artist in order to have a successful or appreciated career. And there's just so much room to breathe and to do whatever feels right in the moment for me creatively. Do you have like online spaces where people can pay you in likes? <laughs> yeah, my Instagram's probably my most active. It's just alice.pal. My Instagram is hot cuppa wholesome. I usually post some fun theatre things and other things I get up to. So if you want to check it out, that'd be great. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this podcast series. Um, it has been a really good chat. And yeah, good luck with all of your endeavours. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. This has been great. I feel like this is half therapy, half podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to our three-part series, A Tale of Two Cities. A big thanks to Alice, Holly, Carissa, and Gilbert and Bowie for bringing this to life. But don't worry, even though this series is ending, you can still catch my regular episodes on Unqualified and Unafraid. Follow me on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and on Instagram at UNU underscore podcast. And if you want to continue supporting my streetwear brand, collaborations with local artists and many other creative endeavours, follow at musho underscore laundry on Instagram and visit our website www.musholaundry.com.au.